Good day and thanks so much for joining us on a frank conversation. Today we're talking about early learning, youth success, and financial stability. And here to help us out, CEO of United Way Suncoast, Jessica Murah. How are you doing today, Jessica? Great. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. I'm excited. Me too. I understand. Um, well, for everyone, the past year or so has been interesting, to say the <laughs> least. But in yeah. the midst of that time, you've, you've taken the opportunity to kind of uh, reset and upgrade matters uh, with United Way. You have a new strategic vision. You, you know, I know it's a broad question, but you want to break that down for us? What does that mean? So what it means is we wanted to listen to our community and we embarked on a very intentional and comprehensive and inclusive process to hear about what our community thought about United Way and what the community needs were and how we could best meet those needs. It was a process that took nine months and included more than a thousand stakeholders from across our region. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't change the vision that we have for our community, which is a community that is united to create better opportunities for all. Um, so, you know, our mission is rooted in, in equity and in how we are lifting up all in our community. Our mission remains unchanged too in getting our community to unite together to tackle our community's um, biggest challenges, but where we really laser focused in on is how we do that, what role we play in the community, how we're supporting our strategic partners in their work and deepening those supports, as well as how do we engage our donors and volunteers throughout our region um, to really galvanize um, these efforts. And so you're absolutely right. Our three focus areas um, remain um, investing in early learning so that our children um, succeed um, in life, that there's nothing more important than investing in the future of a human being than to start as soon as they arrive on this planet and, um, and, and, and grow and learn. So early learning is, is that really critical time. Um, youth success. So making sure that our middle and high school students um, are on the right path to graduate from high school and go after those um, post-secondary education um, or employment opportunities, whatever those might be. Um, and then finally, we can't have it, either one of those first two things if we don't have a stable um, financial structure for our families. And so how are, we, how are we supporting individuals and families to give them that financial stability um, that they need so that they are, that sustains them in their life and they are able to, um, to, to be able to, to take care of all of their needs, their families' needs, um, and, um, you know, and just, and, and especially during this past year, that's it's clearly been um, a huge challenge. And so, and how we do all of that is, is really outlined um, in our plan. Well, and Jessica, you mentioned equity, right? That right yes. there um, is a word that's been thrown about quite a bit lately, and for good reason. Um, and I'm glad that it's being, you know, used with the word diversity. I think uh, it's a bit of a misnomer as people use diversity. They don't think that any more needs to be done. That, uh, you know, right. just, hey, have a diverse set of people on board and you're good. But no, we need to couple that with diversity, equity, inclusion. It's all encompassing, right? That is absolutely right. In fact, the entire basis and foundation of our plan and our vision is rooted in equity um, and diversity and inclusion. Um, if we don't measure and address disparities because they absolutely exist, 
Um, we are never going to move the needle when it comes to, or have success when it comes to seeing the transformative impact we wanna see in our communities. We have to break it down. We have to look at how we are serving all in our community and looking in particular at how we are serving among race and ethnic line, you know, uh, uh, lines so that we can make sure that we are supporting every individual within our community. And so um, our entire plan does say we're going deeper there and we are, um, and we're supporting initiatives um, and programs that will help to grow and enhance um, and, and move the needle, especially when it comes to um, disparities, um, when it, uh, you know, ad addressing race, racial and ethnic disparities. I'm looking at some of the numbers here from the United Way. And according to your research, it shows 43% of households are living paycheck to paycheck. So seemingly anyone, all they have to do is open their eyes and they can see what's going on. Was it ever really difficult to show people what was happening? Because you also used another word, galvanize, right? So shock people into action. How do we do that? And was it really difficult ever to see that these problems existed? No, I mean, and, and so the, the, the data that you just talked about is our ALICE data, and that's an acronym that stands for Asset Limited, Income Constrained, and Employed. It's, a, it's, it's data that we have um, shared, we have, we have um, pulled together and shared with our community for over a decade. And you're absolutely right. In our region, 43% of our families and individuals um, struggle to make basic ends meet. These are, these are individuals with jobs in our communities who do not make enough to um, to afford a basic household budget. Now that data, those data points were from 2018. So mm. pre-pandemic and we- A talked, lot has changed, yeah. Yes, and we talked a lot about how uh, individuals are one health issue, one, you know, car breakdown, you know, one, you know, financial um, a challenge away from being completely thrown off course and, and, and having, um, you know, some great challenges and struggles. Well, the pandemic was the tsunami that hit them all. And, 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 the, and I know that those numbers are gonna change when we produce them and release them again early next year. And it's not a one size fits all um, scenario either. Um, so uh, black households, Hispanic households, single um, female headed households, um, these are households who are much more likely to fall within the Alice threshold um, then are just if you if you take collectively our general population. So we have to do things to um, be very specific and focused in the way that we're serving the communities, our communities to elevate all in our community. And in short, the struggle is real. And now we have several families out there who find themselves in the un unfortunate predicament that other families were in prior to the pandemic. I would imagine, right? Absolutely. I mean, there were. There were already you know, families who were teetering on that line, um, and and absolutely, I mean, if you can ask anyone. Um, you know, our partners at Feeding Tampa Bay, our neighbor, we have neighborhood service centers where we are supporting families in specific um, neighborhoods throughout our region. We saw time and again families um, coming to to get food um, because you know of the challenges that they were facing, um, losing jobs um, within this pandemic, who had never had to do that ever before. Um, and, and, and the uncomfortable and just the realities that they were facing um, were just devastating. And, and so we know that the impacts of this are going to be felt for years to come. The, our Alice data, as we had been tracking it, was already um, increased from 32% 10 years ago to now 43%. So over 10 years, the we're not going in the right direction. 
Um, and so we need to we need to address and support our families so that they can have jobs that are are giving them a financially stable future um, from now and for for years to come for them and their families. You know, we've, we've thrown a lot of numbers out there and for good reason, but I, I mean, could you kind of animate those numbers with your personal feelings on these matters? Because it has to be hard when you attach names and faces to these scenarios. You see it every single day. How, how does that, how does that uh, weigh on your psyche? Um, it's significant. I mean, I, mean I, I, um, I, I personally, for me, you know, understand my privilege and uh, and the the success and and the and the stability that I have for my family, and that only galvanizes me even more to support others and in our community. I mean, I, this is what I was born and created to do, and my entire team feels this too. I mean, it's um, it is heartbreaking um, when someone walks into one of our centers and hands a handwritten note to our center director and asks, do you know where I can take a shower? Oh no. Um, I mean, it's in, in there's, there's a whole host of reasons why um, individuals are in the situations that they are in, but we never, we never assess or judge any of those. We want to be there to support and understand and listen um, so that we can uh, support them in the best ways possible because you know, the individuals that we are serving, um, they, they want, um, you know, they just want to be heard. They want to understand what resources are available to them so that they can get on a stable footing um, so that they can live their lives um, as, as we all do without what, you know, what we take for granted perhaps every single day and not having to worry about, um, you know, how are we going to afford our utilities, um, our rent, our food on the table and having to make very precarious decisions about, well, you know, I may not pay this bill because I'm going to do this, or I can't pay this bill because I have this medical um, bill that just came up. I mean, there's, there's a whole host of challenges and it does weigh heavy on our team, but we were, we, you know, we serve and, and I, you know, and we support our team um, in the best ways possible so that, because we understand that, you know, facing this every single day and being there for our community it's what we are so committed to do. And so that, that does fill our cup, but it is, it, it does weigh on you when you, when you want to, when you want to fix everything and, and support and, and do everything um, that you possibly can, but know that there are limitations to how much we can actually do this on, on a day-to-day -day basis. We often hear, and it's become cliche uh, somewhat, oh, children are resilient. Eh. Maybe, but that doesn't uh, nullify the uh, the childhood trauma they're enduring, right? It still leaves a lasting impression. Absolutely. I mean, this pandemic um, has shined a huge spotlight on the digital divide that's within our communities. So when um, you know when families had to uh, pivot to you know homeschooling their children, um, you know, many had the resources that they needed to do that, uh, the ability to work from home, the devices that, to get their children plugged in, Wi-Fi to have access to it. There were so many children who did not, who did not have, and families who do not have that, who did not have that luxury of being able to stay home with their children, have the devices, have the access to um, the internet. And so the impacts of, of last year and what we're still feeling to, you know, to a large extent this year um, will be felt for years when it comes to how, how our children have been educated the, and the access they've had to that quality education 
Um, and we have got to really double down on our efforts, especially around education, um, to make sure that we are helping them to catch up and, um, and to have the, that impact of this past year, minimize it as much as we possibly can. Is part of the challenge not knowing what we don't know? Oh, for sure. There's no, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so, you know, the more that we, that this is why, you know, these conversations and, um, and, and looking at, at data and, um, and, and really being out in our community, listening and learning um, is really important. And it has to be a constant practice. What do you make of this situation as we press fast forward? None of us, I think if we had you know, taking some questions back in 2015, and they say, where do you see yourself? If I, you know that age-old question during interviews. So uh, I'm looking at your resume here. Where do you see yourself in five years? I don't think any of us would have predicted what we saw last year. But um, part of what you do is, is looking into the future and hoping that much of that plan is properly in place. As we press fast forward, where do you see us? Because we know where we need to be, but where do you see us with the, with the changes that we've tried to implement and that we are currently implementing? Um, lots, of, lots of things. So I'll, I'm gonna just highlight um, a couple. Um, you know, one thing that this pandemic showed us in the social services sector is, is how important and how powerful it is for us to work collaboratively to work together. So on a regular basis, we convened with our partners to share resources, to share information. We need to interface. Yes, to make intentional referrals. So we worked more closely to get, I mean, you know, there's, no, there's nothing like a good crisis to, um, to, bring, to bring people together. And, um, and it, that truly happened um, within our social services community, you know, from, um, from collaborative funds that we put together to, to tackle big issues, to um, to simply working with Feeding Tampa Bay to, um, to uh, bring additional food distribution sites, you know, you know, pulling, matching things together, pulling things together, making connections. Um, and, so, and so now we are having more intentional conversations about how are we all marching towards the same community goals? How are we working together more seamlessly and effectively so that we are serving individuals and families in our community in a, in a much more approachable, comprehensive, um, and empathetic way and, and not being disjointed in, 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 in that process. So, that, so that for me, the ultimate vision of our plan and where, where we see ourselves in five years is really strengthening that collective impact model, having um, having community goals that we are all that we are all working to towards achieving together, and so these conversations are already happening in our community, and and the ways that we intentionally come together to to tackle these really big issues and ensure that you know at the end of the day the families and individuals that we're serving um, feel that they can they they have um, that support system, and it's in that support system, and it's not just I can go here for this, I can go there for this. It is a, um, a really collaborative approach where we are all coming together to wrap our arms around and lift up. Nothing like a good crisis. And whether you meant it intentionally or not, uh, I think what I gather ultimately from what you're saying is united. Yes. <laughs> united, we stand here, right? right? United, we rise. Yes, yes. Oh, united, my goodness. Um, together, for sure. What, what have you learned about yourself in the midst of this, this chaos? Oh my goodness. Um, 
uh, how resilient. Um, so, you know, we've had to, I, I mean, I was a brand new CEO and then three months later we were faced with um, a pandemic and, um, and so how quickly um, and just how like my bandwidth and how resilient I am to supporting my team because how I show up every day um, is, um, is really important to the, I guess the, I guess the, the, the mindset and, and the support of our team. Like they're going to look to me. It's like, you know, like a, you know, the, the flight attendant on a plane, if there's a crisis on the plane, you're going to look at the flight attendant and say, is she freaking out? She's not freaking out. She's really confident. Like, the and your flight attendant's like, face is the barometer for my, my panic. I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah. right now. Yes. So how can I be that very strong and supportive and reassuring um, presence for my team? And, you know, and in the midst of all of this, I completed a graduate school program. My husband broke. Look his at leg. you. I know my husband broke his leg in six places and couldn't walk for six weeks. I wait, mean, wait, no, no. What do you, he broke his leg because you were trying to complete this program. No, or? I'm just saying like it oh, was no. just, it was just thing <laughs> after thing after thing. So beyond just, you know, how we were, you know, really working hard to be there for our community. Like we, and this is, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, this is not un, unsimilar, you know, to dis, dissimilar to any of our, anybody, you know, we, we always. It's not like, unique, but it's real. <laughs> yes. So when we're, when we're in the middle of a very hard situation, it oftentimes feels like it just, things keep piling on. Um, and so, you know, it just, in, in the end, you just have to keep, remain focused and, um, and, and just learn and, and, and really dig in deep for your resiliency. So, you know, I, that is what that, that's really, I think the greatest lesson from this last year for me. Some, some jewels right there. And I think, um, something else I, I pull from that is you talk about, uh, the friends who become family that you work with on a daily basis and the individuals that you help. But ultimately you all are leaning on each other, but what you kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation some of the, the folks who are receiving your assistance, perhaps they don't have that, that pillar of strength to lean on. Right. They don't have those resources to pull from. So what advice would you offer to folks out there who, who might come across this conversation? Um, how, can, how can they help you help them? That's a great question, um, and and one that we work towards every day. And there's not a there's not a day that goes by that somebody doesn't reach out and say, "I have a friend who needs help," um, and we're able to make those connections for them. So at so at, at the most basic the most basic part of this is if you know somebody who needs help, um, please please contact us so that we can make the right connections and, and, and get, and get that support for the, for that individual or that family that, you know, is in need. The second is, is get involved. I mean, you know, the health of our community is, is all of our responsibility and collectively. And the more that we, um, the more that we uh, care and that we give to our fellow human being, whether that be, you know, a donation to your favorite, uh, your favorite nonprofit who's doing great work or volunteering your time um, at a food distribution site, um, do something. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just say, do something that is uplifting and supporting your community, because I believe strongly, and this is, you know, an old adage that a rising tide lifts all boats. And so, um, so if you can do something to help, you know, rise that tide so that you can support others, that not only benefits um, that person, that benefits our entire community. It has a ripple effect that 
can last um, for years to come. And so in, in my mind, um, you know, it really is, is just being very intentional and saying, I am going to give back to my community in the ways that I feel that I can. Um, and if everybody did that, our world would be so much of a better place. That generational ripple effect is what you're after, right? And absolutely, yes. I mean, we can do we can do one thing to get a family um, the resources that they need to have a sustainable and stable future. We have changed that family for generations to come. And ultimately, you have changed the world. Yes. I've, I've heard folks say, um, you know what, we don't need just your, your financial resources. We, we need the three T's or one of them, right? right? Time, talent, treasures. That's right. If you got it, give it. Um, and we one, have at United Way Suncoast, we have ways for you to do all three of those things. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, how, so how can we help out? <laughs> let, let people know before we let so, them go. Yeah, so on our website, there is um, a whole volunteer section, um, Hands-On Connect, um, where um, you can, you can, I mean, go in by, by date, by location. Um, it's a very interactive site where you can search for volunteer opportunities. Um, also on our site, because we are still feeling the impacts of COVID, we have an entire COVID-19 Resource Center, which lists every, it's a, it's a one place where you can get all of the resources and information current about um, support and services related to the pandemic. Um, and then if you want to give your, if you want to give, um, that's also very easy to do on our website. Um, and if you want to give to any, any organization within our community, we highly, I mean, just wherever, you, wherever your heart and, um, and, and where you want to see a difference made, it doesn't have to necessarily be United Way Suncoast please give um, because our, our community needs that now more than ever. Yes, indeed. I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, um, you know, what I gathered from this whole conversation with you and re refreshing and resetting and, and um, reapproaching these situations, um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the only way. And that includes when we're talking about race, uh, and any other uh, any other barrier that's in the way of, of our progress, because it really is our progress. And something else I think that fits this conversation, you were talking about adages. My grandma said, it's nice to be nice. <laughs> it's simple, right? And that fits everything you're trying to do here. Absolutely. So this is what I say all the time too. And I, and I firmly believe this, you will never regret being kind. So regardless of the conversation or the situation that is in front of you, that may be very challenging and very frustrating, you will never regret a kind response. So always, always, always start from that, from that, from that point of being nice, be, you know, nice, but being kind and being kind to your fellow human being. And you also talked about being uncomfortable, you know, and, and leaning into that. That's important too, especially as we have some really hard conversations and, um, and learning. I mean, growth doesn't come from the comfortable places. It doesn't. It comes from having uncomfortable conversations, doing uncomfortable things, stepping outside of what your zone of comfort is. And so we, we intentionally hold space for that for our team and having those conversations. Because, and I firmly believe that that is what has made um, all the difference in bringing us closer together and the closer we work together, 
the more success um, and impact we can have in supporting our community. Oh, no, no more of a genuine person than yourself because you meant what you said. You clinched your fist when you said it, too. So I know that's, <laughs> that's how I can tell you meant it. I love everything. You're passionate about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Jessica Muroff, CEO with the United Way Suncoast. And you have definitely been kind to me. And thank, thank you, you all for listening today. Until next time, have a good one.